very good week. Seven new people in the church. Amen. Juan Lapar decided to lead half the hospital to the Lord uh, on uh, Friday. Uh, she rang me up while we were driving up to Karapuri and um, said, uh, Oh, Pastor, said, I'm just leading six people to Jesus. Hallelujah. So I said, Well, that's great. Where are you? In the hospital. Um, and so she was praying with them, and they were all Burmese. And so that's six new people in the Burmese church. has always been to visit them, and they came to church today, praise God. And uh, then we had an extra guy come, a new guy come to the church in Karapuri. Praise the Lord. So that was good. And um, he got involved straight away. So that was fantastic. So it's a good week, despite all the people paying visits to hospitals, whether long term or short term. It's been a good week. But tonight I want us to... Uh, look at something which I believe is uh, very important. Uh, we've been reflecting over the past two weeks on the history of Phuket Christian Centre. Last week was the 18th anniversary. Uh, it was great to see the um, ad uh, administrative, uh, the president of the administrative district of Phuket here, uh, which we didn't invite him last week. He came on his own. So that was great, wasn't it? Two weeks ago we invited him. But last week he came back with his wife, and his wife's very interested in things. They're not always free to come to church, but we um, pray that they'll um, start to be a bit more regular coming. So that was great. And uh, it's been an exciting 18 years, right? Now I can say that, the rest of you can't, right? But I can't, and the only other person who could say it is sick with... Uh, but, but obviously she's having a miraculous recovery after communion. Praise the Lord. So, um, there are lots of things that have happened in the church that even though you haven't taken part in them, you gain the benefit from them. There's a heritage that you come into and it's good for us to understand that. Now what I want to talk about tonight if there's, if there's a, a theme of tonight's meeting, it's covering. And we need to understand what covering is all about. Now, I'm going to do something which would make my mum, who's 86 years old, freak out. But seeing as I'm not in her house, but I'm in the Lord's house, I'm going to do it. Because if you're English, you will know that it's what? Bad luck. Right? To open your umbrella inside right well praise God the only thing that luck has to do with anything is when you play Monopoly right oh Scrabble no it's not Scrabble skill right Right, so when you throw in a dice and everything depends on the numbers that come up, that's what luck is, right? But good luck, bad luck, I'm sorry, not there, not with you, right? So, mum, for all the years that you wouldn't let me do it, there we go. Praise God, the umbrella's up. Right? Now, the reason why I've done that is to illustrate something. You see, you can have... I can't put the thing down now. Right. You can have an umbrella in your hand. Just like you can come to church. And when the storms of life come, you can still have the umbrella in your hand. But it's only any good when you use it. And you get underneath it. And you are covered by it. And it's the same with church. Exactly the same with church. You see, God takes a church through a period of growth. And in that period of growth, there's a lot of spiritual warfare involved. Battles that you don't need to fight that have been fought on your behalf. In any war... 
there are troops that are deployed because they're specialized troops. And they're deployed to take out things that if the normal troops attacked them, they'd get wiped out. But specialist troops are deployed to take out the things that will, 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 will cause the attack to fail. And in the same way, in the church, and if we, if we read the book of Acts, we see that the Apostle Paul went in, first of all, and did the groundwork. Sometimes it meant he was stoned to death. And he got back up again in the power of God and went back in and carried on. But it's like the, the special forces were sent in first and then the church was birthed. And through a period of claiming the ground and making a stand in the name of Jesus at the gates of hell, the land was reclaimed and the church was established. And people who come into the church, come into the church under the covering as what is, of what has been built and prepared before. Are you with me? Praise God. Now a lot of you will not know some of the things that have happened in the history of this church. And I'm not going to tell you all of them because some of them, it's pretty, you know, not stories you want people telling around because... Uh, other people could get the wrong idea of it. But there's been a lot of, of spiritual warfare. There's been a lot of demonic activity. Um, one thing that um, perhaps only Pastor Nock, Pastor Margaret and myself will remember, because I don't think, well, maybe On might. No, On doesn't remember, because you heard it this morning and you don't remember it. Um, I'm not quite sure whether it was, I think it must have been just before the time when On started to come to church. But it's going back quite a long time, maybe 16 years. Where, and if, you know, if you don't believe me, that's fine, okay, but this is what happened. Uh, not in this building, but another building, a little a smaller building than this when we started the church. Uh, all of a sudden, after I'd finished preaching, one woman started to levitate in the middle of the church. And she was floating about two feet off the floor. And she started to come towards me. And apparently everyone else said that she turned green, but I didn't see that. Maybe I was just looking in black and white, I don't know. Maybe I was only used to black and white TV in those days. Um, but she started to come towards me, and she put her hands around my neck and tried to kill me. And my reaction was, sort of in a goggled voice, uh, in the name of Jesus, stop. And she did. And we prayed for her. And with gargling noises, we believe demons came out of her. Now you can think, okay, if God is supernatural, and if we read the Bible, we read about stories where Jesus cast demons out of people. And now we think, is that, was that true? Well, I believe the whole Bible. I believe it is true. And you haven't got to stay here too long to see some amazing things in Phuket. October's coming up, vegetarian fest festival is coming soon, and then you'll see people without any pain sticking spikes through their heads. Well, how do they do that? Now, mind over matter is okay unless you're sticking something through your brain. Right? And these people will stick spikes right the way through. So, how do you explain that other than possession? So, These are th some of the things. This is just one thing that you that you'll have seen. Now, for a long time, we haven't experienced anything like that because of another experience which took place on top of Rang Hill uh, when we had a month of prayer and fasting. And uh, I really mean a, a whole month where we didn't eat, but we prayed instead. And the only thing we did was drink water. And that was because we were wrestling with... Um, these constant attacks upon people and demons were everywhere and all kinds of things were happening. And at the end of that time, God showed me a picture of some keys and he said to me, go and take the keys. I'm giving you the keys of the city. And so we did. Well, I, I did that. In, in my mind, I, I reached out and I took hold of the keys and I could see myself grabbing these keys. And from that moment on, 
the demons have been scared to attack us. And we haven't seen any kind of activity other than when I've been asked to go and help at another church. And so this kind of covering is what you come under when you enter the church. And so if we're going to believe that my city can be God's city, you have to understand where we've come from and where we're going. Now I don't say these things lightly because I believe that right now we're in the middle of, of teaching the five paradigms for nation transformation. And I believe we've come to a point where Pastor Knox preaching the next one and she's in Chiang Mai on holiday so she's not going to be preaching it today but I believe that God really did want me to share this today and I shared in the morning and I, uh, uh, exactly the same. And I want us to understand that if we're going to see the five paradigms have an effect that's going to change Phuket like we've heard the changes going on in Argentina, the changes going on in the Philippines, the changes going on in Uganda, the changes that are going on in the United States, the changes that are happening uh, in uh, Indonesia. If we're going to see that happen here, then we need to understand a few things. Praise God, the faith promise has finished and we've got enough money to send our 14 leaders to Argentina. That's good. Amen. And if you were in the church before I went, Heidi and I went to Argentina last year, then you'll know how much influence that visit had on me and how much it had on Heidi and what kind of teaching we bought since. So when 14 of us go and come back, it's going to affect you. Even though you're not going, it's going to affect you. Praise the Lord. And who knows, maybe next year you can go. Praise God. Well, I mean, if you can give me the money, you can go this year. Praise the Lord. But, uh, you know, hallelujah. We, that's about the limit that we can afford to send this year. So praise God. There's going to be an effect. There's going to be an effect. Things are going to change. Before last year, we never had the mayor of Phuket coming to church. We never had the deputy chief of police coming to church. We never had the impact that we're having in the community like we do now. It just didn't happen. Things are changing. And for those things to, to really change, and for your life to change, you need to recognize your place in the body of Christ. I watched a really relaxing, uh, relaxing film this afternoon. Uh, it was um, uh, a set of CDs that I got um, called Band of Brothers. Has anybody seen Band of Brothers? No? It's about uh, a group of... Uh, a group of paratroopers in World War II and it just shows you sort of like the gruesome stuff. So I was watching this this afternoon and people's arms and legs were being blown off and I thought this is a relaxing Sunday afternoon. This is getting me really up to, to preach tonight. But one thing I just thought, yeah, I've been looking at these folks and, and seeing how they're reacting when they're losing their arms and legs. And okay, they were all actors. But <laughs> I'm thinking each part of the body is very precious, isn't it? And uh, each one of us is very precious. And when you're not there, it hurts. As I saw this afternoon. And so when we come together as a body, it's important for us to realize that even though new people come and they bring an added dimension to church. I'm excited when I see new people because inside I'm thinking, what are they bringing to us as a body? You know, What kind of giftings, what kind of vision are they going to bring to the church which is going to expand the church? And that's fantastic. But you've also got to recognize that when you come into church that there is a covering that has been laid down through spiritual warfare which if you're going to do that and you've not been called to do that, it's going to get the better of you. But that's what church is here for. It's been established through a lot of, of pain and through a lot of suffering and through a lot of, of basically standing in the trenches to get it done. 
to get it established, to get it built. So that when you come in, you can be part of something that provides supernatural covering for your life and for your ministry in Christ. And we need to recognize how important that is. We've come to look at the, uh, uh, so far, at the first three paradigms in detail. We've looked at the first one. We are called to disciple nations, not just individuals. We've looked at the marketplace, uh, which is the heart of the nation, has been redeemed and now it needs to be reclaimed. And, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, Margaret finished her part where she uh, shared with us that every Christian is a minister and labor is worship. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at milestones in the church that we've experienced in the growth of PCC. Even before we started it, God was doing things, preparing things uh, for, for Margaret and me to come and plant this church. And when I look back, I think of two things. I think of the grace of God and his wonderful provision. And the second thing I think of is, boy, I'm glad on this side of it. Because I wouldn't like to live through it again. Because it was hard work. And it's not mean to say that I'm having an easy time now. I'm doing more now than I've ever done before. I'm here, there, everywhere and all over the place. But the, the spiritual authority that we get because the church is now established. It's not a pioneer church anymore. It's an established church. I was thrilled. We're not the biggest church by far, even in the denomination that we belong to. But actually, yes, uh, this week I was sharing, we had some, some uh, letters come through from Bangkok uh, this week, and I was sharing with On in the office. And I said, look at this. These are, these are the accounts for all the churches in Thailand. And you know, who gives the most? For the work of the Lord in Thailand. Which church? You're in it. Praise the Lord. In the whole of Thailand, we give more than anybody else does. Isn't that incredible? I couldn't believe it. Because there's churches of a thousand and more in Bangkok. And yet we give more than they do. I'm so unbelievable. Now that's not a boast. That's just saying that praise God... With this kind of attitude, with this kind of heart, we're going to see things change. We are going to see things change. And that's just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it when I saw, I saw the statistics, and there they are. In fact, they're on my desk upstairs. So I believe God's going to bless us. God's going to bless our denomination because of what we give. I really believe that. And it's incredible, you know, because for, for, if you haven't noticed, I'm not Thai. In fact, I'm, I'm the only non-Thai pastor in the whole of the organization. The only one. Right? Now, for, we've been going 18 years as a church. But the truth is, for the first 16 years, they didn't recognize me as the pastor of this church. But in the last two years, all of a sudden, my name's come up on the list. I'm not bothered about the name being there, but just the fact that they now recognize me as being a pastor. And that's an incredible thing. Not only have they recognized me as being a pastor, but in the past two years, now they've asked me to be uh, the su superintendent of the district, which is incredible. And if you, under, if you really understood what it is to have a non-tie in that position, it's incredible. It's just amazing. I'm not saying any of this. If you know me, you know I'm not saying any of this. To be boastful. Far from it. Please pray for me because <laughs> I have a hard time. Like I told you last week, I went, traveled six hours to Suratani and back for a three-hour meeting in which we decided to call the Evangelical Fellowship Thailand Southern Region Camp, the Evangelical Fellowship of Thailand Southern Camp, Regional Camp. Took three hours to decide that, hallelujah. So, 
there's a lot of hair pulling and there's a lot of, you know, all kinds of things going on. But it's incredible the fact that since we've been teaching transformation, all of a sudden we have more influence than we've ever had before as a church. And there's got to be something in that. There's got to be something in that. If we're going to bring change, we have to be people who will be listened to for that change to happen. Amen? So things are happening. And it's very exciting. There's a few things that have been happening this week. I've been in talking to one or two people. And, uh, and in the near future, I'll be able to share that. It's still in the sort of planning stage. But we've been, we've been talking to one or two people. Things are changing in the lives of one or two of our people in the church. And it's an exciting thing that's happening. It's a really exciting thing that's happening. And we're going to see some uh, major developments in the church over the next few weeks. And I can only see that, that God is putting things in place for an incredible growth like we've not seen before in Thailand. And that's something that we've got to be ready for and something we need to be expecting to happen because God is going, when God moves, He moves quickly. See, for years and years... God told the children of Israel that he would deliver them from the hands of the Egyptians. But then all of a sudden it was, pack your bags, we're off. <laughs> and they had a night <laughs> to prepare. They had years and years, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's here, go. <laughs> and in the same way, even as, as, as we look forward to the return of Jesus, he will come like a thief in the night. You see, when God gets ready to move... It happens. And we need to be ready. You see, so a lot of people have been asking me in church, oh, well, you do a series on Revelation. We want to understand more, more and more and more about Revelation. Look, I'm not a Bible theologian. I can teach, yeah. It takes me a long time. Those of you who have been doing the Anointed for Business course was good, wasn't it? You see, I can teach. Right? That's my profession. That's what I was trained to do. That's not a problem. It takes me a long, long time to prepare the stuff. But when it comes to the book of Revelation, there's so many different opinions. But the key thing to me is, are you ready for Jesus to come? If he came tonight, would you be ready? Or would you say, hang on, Lord, a minute, I need to pack a few things. The key thing is being ready for the return. So the book of Revelation teaches us lots of things, but the main thing it teaches us is Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? Are you ready for his return? I always remember the story of a, uh, a man called Donald G, who was uh, the principal of the First Assemblies of God Bible College in England. Uh, and uh, this story I, I found out from... Uh, my in-laws, because they went to that college. And uh, he had one thing on his desk, just a big, huge desk, and no papers on it, nothing. The only thing he had was this plaque on his desk, and it just simply said, maybe today. And that was all he had there, just to remind him to be ready. And uh, we never know what's going to happen. But I do know that God has a plan for Phuket, that God has a plan for Thailand, and God is using us instrumentally in that plan. I don't say that we're the only people in that plan, but I mean, I've never been asked to preach at any other church in Phuket, ever, until a couple of months ago, uh, I was asked to preach at Phuket Church, Takrang uh, um, um, Church. And now, in the next two weeks, either next Sunday or the Sunday after, I'm preaching at Chantalai Church. Isn't that incredible? That's just amazing. What God is, is doing, it's just, if, if you knew the history of the churches, if you knew how the pastors sort of get on around a table in a meeting, then you know this is a major breakthrough. It's a major breakthrough. And God is doing things now that he's not done before. Because of his plan to see transformation take place. I believe that.
with all my heart. And so if we understand that we come into the church and we come into a whole history of spiritual warfare, things that have gone on, things that have been put in place so that we can come under the umbrella of protection, then we will understand what taking ownership of the church is all about. How much greater are the next 18 years going to be? You see, I'm getting excited. I know it will mean I'm going to be 18 years older. Hallelujah. And I pray to God that I'm going to be the first man in my family that gets to 70 because none of, my, uh, none, of, none of the men in all of my family have ever reached 70 years of age. But I'm going to be the first, hallelujah, because I want to see things happen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why I'm 30 minutes on the exercise bike in the morning and half an hour in the swimming pool at night. Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to get there. If it kills me. Right. Because the reason is because God always keeps the best wine till last. You know that? God always keeps the best wine till last. It's good, isn't it? Even when Jesus... You always say, oh, I'd love to go back and be there walking around for being a disciple of Jesus. Right? Don't forget they all forsook him and fled. Right? Remember that bit. Don't you? But remember what, as well that Jesus said, greater things than these will you do. Incredible. What a statement for Jesus, the Son of God, to say. The greater things than these will you do. So I'm convinced that the next 18 years are going to be even better. Praise the Lord. Because he always keeps the best wine till last. That's what Jesus did at the wedding in Cana. By transformation, by the way. He transformed water into wine. It took a miracle. For that to happen. And it will also take a miracle for us to be transformed as we start to take on these five paradigms of nation transformation. It won't just happen. If we look at Matthew 9.17, it's another bit about wine. And apologies for talking about wine if it's going to make you thirsty. Matthew 9.17 Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. You see, I had to, in order to understand all the things that I received when I went to Argentina, I had to address a few issues in my life. I had to say, well, I've always understood this. And so I had to take it to the Word of God and I had to look at what I'd understood and what the Word of God said. And I could understand from my old point of view how I interpreted the Bible but now I could also see how from this transformational teaching, how that worked as well. And I also looked and I thought, well, in this old way, what have I achieved? In this new way, with this new wine, am I going to achieve more? The key thing to me was, is it scriptural? And as I looked, I saw it was. And some verses that I looked at in a particular way before, I now looked in another way and I thought, wow, why didn't I ever see that before? Why didn't I see it before? Because I was never taught that way before. And a lot of what we come in is, what we bring to, to our relationship with God is based upon our relationships that we've had in the churches we've been to. 
right? So for a long time, I was a raving Pente. Right? Because I was saved in a Pentecostal church. And maybe I didn't rave too much because I wasn't really a chandelier swinger. That's just not me because if I swung on the chandeliers, they'd come off. Right? So that's not the way I sort of did things. But I was a Pentecostal by doctrine. And now to... You know, if I went to a church that had 300 people in it, it was a huge church in good old England. 300 people was a massive church. And I belonged to a massive church with 300 people in. But then when I go to Argentina, and you can't go to church because churches aren't big enough, you have to go to stadiums. And I'm in church which is 50,000. I'm thinking, am I right or are they right? You got me? You have to question a little bit. Am I right in my 300? You know, and I mean, I've, I've solidly preached the gospel in churches of four or five people. Now, I mean, you be the judge of this. I went into one of my denomination's churches in the great country of Wales. And when I went in through the back door, they said, oh, welcome, brother, in Welsh. Right? And led me up to the front. And once I was doing it, they were locking the door. And I said, what are you locking the door for? And they said, because we don't want any unsavory characters coming in, do we? And I think it's a gospel service. Yes, you do. You want unsavory characters to come in and get saved. And there were four people in the congregation. And one woman was told off because she bought a Bible in a Tesco bag. You don't bring a Tesco bag into the sanctuary, sister. Right? And this is the way the great Britain was going to get saved. And transformed and brought to God. Right now, you can't say that, but I can, because I'm an Assemblies of God pastor. And that was an Assemblies of God church. And I won't tell you where it was other than Wales. So you can drive all the way around Wales you like, but I tell you, you won't even find it, because it's not even on the map. It's in a place that doesn't exist. So that's incredible. Took us a day and a half to find the place. And I could repeat that over and over and over again. And, you know, we stand in our conferences, or we used to, because I haven't been for 20 years, but never mind. We stand in our conferences in England and we sort of say, We are the answer. To what? <laughs> We're the answer to, to, to rid the world of Tesco bags. God help us. And so I desperately, desperately needed to be a new wineskin. And I've had to do that several times in my Christian life. I need to be a new wineskin so that the new wine that Jesus has to give me, he can come in without me bursting. Hallelujah. So if we're going to see transformation take place, what does all this mean? Okay, this is, this is what it means. If we're going to see transformation take place, it has to transform us first. Amen? It has to transform us first. Something has to happen in us first so that the new wine can come in. Hallelujah. And it's good. And, you know, I've gone through all the arguments. Oh, yeah, it's okay for the Argentinians, you know. Because they're all well, Spanish anyway. They're like that. Right? You know, a bit Latino blood, so that's the way they do stuff, right? They're not pure-bled Anglo-Saxon like me. 
what, what an incredible thing it is that then you look at not, that, that Uganda and you see the change that's going on there. Well, they're not Spanish. They're African. When you look at the Philippines, and that's easy to do because we've got half the Philippines in the church. And you see what's going on in Paranaque City and you see what, what things are, are, are happening there through normal people who are taking the power of the gospel into their place of work. And you think, hang on a minute, this is happening all over. And you think, okay, what about Westerns? Well, there's incredible things happening. Uh, in Hawaii, there's incredible things happening in, uh, in Elk River. If ever you get uh, a chance to read the book, The Elk River Story, it's unbelievable what's going on in there. The whole, the the whole city's been totally transformed. And this little, tiny uh, uh, village in the middle of Minnesota is now one of the centers for business in the United States. It's incredible. The whole thing's transformed. And the United States now knows where Elk River is. Before, nobody knew that, the, you know, is Elk River actually a river? No, it's a town. Incredible. And I believe God can do the same here. But we need to see transformation. We need the new wineskin that can take the new wine. Why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important, because the next paradigm we're going to look at when Pastor Nock comes back, she's going to look, look at it for the next two weeks. The next paradigm is we are called to take the kingdom of God to where the gates of hell are for Jesus to build his church. And as we do that, we need to understand our heritage, that there is a covering for us in Christ in the church. And we also need to understand that God wants us to have a new spirit, a new heart within us so that we can take in the new wine that he's giving us. So how do we get ready to serve God where the gates of hell are? Well, I've already told you how to do that. We need to believe that we're the rightful owners of the property. We need to act like it. Remember last week I talked to you about keys and about locks. And the wonderful thing about the gates of hell is they've got locks on, but we've got the keys to them. Hallelujah, thanks to Jesus. And we can only have this confidence as we recognize who we are in the sight of God. That we're part of his church. When we take ownership of the local church to which we belong, we come under the apostolic covering provided by that church. That's important for us to understand that. So what does that mean? It means that we have a part in fulfilling the vision. Praise God. It's not just a vision that's put on the wall. It's not just a vision that you might have written in your Bible. But you've actually taken ownership of the vision. And you have a part in fulfilling a vision. And you will also help to define it. Because you know, vision grows. And whenever the day comes that we move into a bigger building, which I hope it's coming soon because we're going to burst if we carry on, especially on the celebrations. Whenever that day comes, that vision is not going with us. But a bigger vision will go with us. That means everything on there is okay. We'll take it with us. But we will add to it. And you can help to define what that vision is. Isn't that fantastic? You can help to define what that vision is. That's what's exciting about it. You see, that is, an, that is a huge change in me because I thought, as a senior pastor of this church, that my main responsibility was to impart the vision. And that's a big step now to say that we... I'm going from, I impart the vision from, God gives it to me, I give it to you. We're moving from that to, we define it together. Isn't that incredible? To me, that's a big step. It's a really big step. We define it, we refine it, 
and we articulate it. Isn't that incredible? I think that's fantastic. And that's what being under the covering provided by the church enables us to do. Covering also gives us a clearly defined foundational doctrine. And why that's important is it because it helps us to maintain unity. If we believe in the same things, then we'll be prepared to walk in the same direction. And so that's important. Now, do you think we can keep on teaching the same things as we grow and people come in? We can't just keep on teaching the same things over and over and over again because the people who've been there right from the start will get bored. You don't want to hear the five paradigms till Jesus comes home. So that means that you will go from people who hear it to people who teach it. Hallelujah. That's good. So you won't just be hearing it on a Sunday, but you'll be teaching it. Through your lives, through your relationships. Teaching the, 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 the transformational aspect of our faith in Christ. Being under the apostolic covering provided by the church gives us protection to stand in the spiritual authority that the church has won over the years. In other words, you don't have to go and do it because it's already been done. And if you're under the covering, it's all, you, you stand in that authority. And that is something that is really, really, really important. Believe me, you don't want to be outside of the covering of the church. You want to be in it. Another thing the apostolic covering provide, uh, provided by the church gives us is that it, it gives us acceptance and confidence in knowing that we're accountable one to another. You see, one of the best things that I've uh, discovered is that it's not a case of, you know, you go to a lot of churches where everyone is accountable to the pastor, and then you ask the question, well, who is the pastor accountable to? Well, praise God, I'm accountable to you. I'm accountable to you because with this kind of covering, we're accountable to one another. Hallelujah. So you can come up to the pastor and say, why do you say that? Why do you do that? Right? Now, I w I've, I've got uh, this great new buddy who drives me up to Carabri every week. Right? And he's at me all the time. I mean, he's asking me, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? All the time. He's on, 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 on. Nag, 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 nag. I, Debbie, I pray for you. Right? Right? He's on to me all the time, right? That's transformational. But he will be the first to tell you that I answer him. Right? I answer him. I don't say, well, you're not the pastor of the church. You don't have to deal with this, so don't ask those questions. I don't. I answer him because I have to be accountable for who I am to him because he's a member of the church. Hallelujah. Because we're accountable one to another. Praise God. Now, I'm sure he's got 10,000 more questions to ask, but there'll come a day, there will come a day that he won't have any left. Right? But then, and then I will say, and then I'll say to him, it's time for you now to mentor someone else. Praise the Lord. And it's because we're accountable one to another. And it's good. You see, and you're only following the footsteps. Like David was the same. Glenn was the same. Right? And, you know, burning the midnight oil on the settee in our house. Jill was the same. Right? So, praise God that we, we are accountable one to another. And if you start to get that experience, as I say, praise God, pressure's off me. Now, I'm joking, but it's good. It's right as well. It's, 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 you know what I mean, right? He's not going to speak on Friday, this Friday. Right? He's not going to say a word. He's going he's to put his tape on. and um, you got a lot more, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Being under the apostolic covering provided by the church helps us to grow in God. Do you know that? Helps us to grow in God. 
And as we grow in God, we then step up to leadership. You see, it's, it's, it's not a process, oh, we've got to do the... You think, you know, okay, if we learn to be, do the spiritual parenting course, we get to be leaders. You're thinking the wrong thing. That's just method, right? Before that happens, we're looking at to see whether you actually are committed to the church. Do you love PCC? Do you take in, are you taking ownership of PCC? Are you going to be somebody we can put our faith and trust in? That's what we're looking at. You see, if you come under the apostolic covering provided by the church, and I'm not meaning me, I'm meaning the church. Because there's other people have, have, have sweat blood for this church as well. Pastor Nock, for example. She might be a thin slip of a thing. Right? The wind might blow her over and frequently does. But, I tell you what, she has put herself and made loads of sacrifices for this church. Some of which you'll never know. But she has. One particular occasion when I came under very strong attack, nasty thing, she stood with me, she stood by me. She stood for this church and what God wanted. And we went through that period of time we saw how the grace of God has come upon the church since then. So there are other people. It's not just about me. There's a lot of things that have happened that have provided a covering in this church. I could say similar things about On as well. As David's giving her a cuddle at the moment instead of listening to me preach. But <laughs> praise the Lord. Husbands and wives, you know, they get up to all kinds of things. But it helps us to grow. It helps us to grow in God and to step up to leadership. Being under the covering provided by the church helps us to be committed to something bigger than we are. Hallelujah. Now, if you're just out for what you can get, for what you want to do, that's fine. God bless you. But you're missing out on so much more. You miss out on so much more. Because God can show you something bigger than you have to offer yourself. And that's, that excites me so much. You know, it's great when I come and I hear testimonies of things. It's great when I'm driving to Karatbury. Well, uh, Adrian's driving and I'm sitting there answering his questions. And we're going up to Karatbury. And then somebody rings up and says, I'm leading six people to Jesus. Right? Now, it's 200 kilometers away from where I am. It's not involving me, but it's thrilling me to death. Praise God. What a fantastic thing. To be part of a body. It's bigger than we are. Things are happening. People are being blessed. And what a fantastic thing it is, right? That a Westerner can lead a Thai to Jesus. And a Thai can lead Burmese to Jesus. And Zor's not here tonight. Otherwise, I would have said, and what about the Burmese leading some Westerners to Jesus? Hallelujah. Not only does it help us to be committed to something bigger than we are, but it also broadens our own ability to be an influence. So that we're stepping across cultural barriers to be an influence. Isn't that incredible? See, I've been told so many times, you will not have a church that will run together. You will have an, a Thai church, You'll have an international church, you'll have a Burmese church, and the, the three won't join together. Well, they should come to our celebrations. We have ties in the international service. We have internationals in the Thai service. And I'm sure that's, going, that, that's we have, and, and, you know, obviously, with our celebrations, every, everybody comes together. Morgans and Burmese as well. But I've been told by the experts that we can't do that. Praise the Lord. The covering that church provides enables us to do all things. Hallelujah. Jesus says you can do all things. 
but some things he designed for the church. You know, when I said that we would, we would be looking at how we go to the gates of hell for Jesus to, bring, to build his church, right? just think where that comes from. You see, Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And what? The gates of hell will not overcome it. Praise God. The gates of hell will not overcome what? The church. You see, it's not will not overcome Peter. It will not overcome an individual. It will not overcome the body. You see, this promise is a corporate promise. It is not a promise for an individual. And yes, God is with you at all times. No matter where you go, God, God will never leave you or forsake you. The power of God is within you, but it is enhanced within you, and the authority is more powerful within you because you are a member of the body. Hallelujah. And when you take ownership of the church, when you come under the church and you say, right, I don't care what's gone on before, I praise God for the things that he's, he's, he's taught me, but I want that new wine skin. I want to be receptive to the new wine that God is bringing so that I can be effective in the body. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about anything that's unscriptural. And I'm not putting down what God has already done in you. But you know, when I was 11 years old and I took my first biology class, the very first thing we studied was the seven characteristics of life. And one of those characteristics was that if you're alive, you grow. Hallelujah. So if you want life, you have to grow. Praise God. You can't stay where you are. You have to grow. If you want the life of God within you, you actually grow. Praise the Lord. I must be getting really old now because I'm remembering what I did very clearly when I was 11, but I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Actually, I can. It was Weetabix. That's not difficult because I have Weetabix every morning. Right, final thing, the covering provided by the church gives us a means to fellowship, communicate and pray together to such, in such a way that when we come together, when we fellowship together, when we talk together, when we pray together, vision is increased. Hallelujah. Is that what your fellowship is like one to another? Your vision is increased. Your relationships are strengthened. Hallelujah. See, I've been in a lot of churches where relationships are torn apart because everybody's gossiping about everybody else. It's awful, isn't it? Right? So look, I have got more faults than I can list. But I love Jesus. And maybe you can see more faults in me than, I can, than, than you can list. But if you love Jesus, then love the Jesus in me. Hallelujah. And we encourage one another. We don't gossip about one another and pull each other down. We want to build each other up. Amen. We strengthen one another. Relationships are strengthened. Fellowship is encouragement. Hallelujah. We are receptive to teaching and ministry. Praise God that God still is interested in us enough to want to help us to grow more. That's good, isn't it? Okay, you know, I mean, batteries, power's gone, you're no good anymore, off you go. But praise the Lord, none of us are like that. We're all rechargeable. Hallelujah. Each one of us is rechargeable. And God doesn't throw us away. God doesn't throw us away. Have I said that right? Never mind, never mind. 
Didn't, didn't sound right. Hang on. I'll try it again. God doesn't throw us away. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Praise God. I need, I need to plug in. Yeah, let me get some stuff off the computer. Right, but he, he refills us over and over again because we're teachable. Hallelujah. And when we're teachable, we then have a ministry. Praise the Lord. Because that's what the covering gives us, the opportunity to minister without wondering, are we saying the right thing or not? We're able to connect with a global vision. Isn't that fantastic? Because the thing that, I mean, the thing that's so exciting to me about all this Argentina stuff, this Hawaii stuff, this Filipino stuff, this whatever country in the world stuff, is the fact that it's broadening our vision globally. Isn't that marvellous? It's just absolutely fantastic. And I know there are people all around the world that are praying for this church. We're personally strengthened and refreshed by a corporate covering of prayer. Now, you cannot underestimate this. That as we're part of the body, then the body is one with us. And if we get, develop a level of trust one with another, then we can say, please, pray about this. And people pray for you. And it's incredible. Right? And we've got people who, who have a gift in prayer. Angelica sat at the back. She's our chief intercessor in church. You, you, you really want to get on her prayer list. Because it's powerful stuff. Can't understand everything that she says. Hallelujah. When she's been in the depths of prayer. But you'll have to go to the depths to understand it. But the thing is, she goes there on a regular basis. And she prays. And things happen because she does. Hallelujah. And you know, so it's incredible to be personally strengthened and refreshed by the covering that comes through the church through prayer. That is fantastic. And another thing. We keep it real with each other. You know, I'm, I'm not always going to tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you know, I tell you something, a little secret, you don't always tell me what I want to hear either. <laughs> but the key thing is we listen. We listen to one another. And we see where we are. We remain teachable. We recognize wise counsel when we hear it. And we act upon it. Because at the end of the day, we're building the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We build our own kingdom. We won't benefit anybody. But we build the kingdom of God. We will do great things. So ask yourself where you fit in with all of this. Do you want to be part of the church in its fullest sense? We need to embrace what God is doing in us as a body. In order for us to get the full benefit of church. We won't just see what God can do in us. If we're not prepared. To see our part in the bigger picture. In closing, I just want to say, after all this time, the three musketeers were right. All for one, and one for all. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, because you love us so much. And in many ways we just cannot understand some of the, the things that we just receive by your grace. The ground we stand upon. And the sacrifices in the past that have been made to provide us with, with a church. Spiritual victories that have been won in the power of Christ. And yes, Lord, all the honor goes to you. But we need to understand that those victories have given us 
a covering. Which if we can recognize it, is something so precious to us. It brings us so many good things. There's no way we want to control anybody. That's not what this is about. This is not heavy shepherding. This is not about a, a, a forced rule. No, this is about the church. About taking ownership of it. About saying, this is my church. It belongs to me even as much as it belongs to any of the pastors. And that's true. If you think of the, the parable of the workers in the field, the ones who came for the last half hour received the same amount of money as all those that have been working there all day. It's the same thing. But they came in, and even though they'd only been there half an hour, they worked the same field. And they reaped the same benefit. A lot of the field had been covered before they arrived. A lot of the harvest had been reaped and taken in before they arrived. It's not about when you come. It's about recognizing what church is. And what role you can play in church. Lord God, I pray tonight that each of us would see that we can take ownership of our church. We can come under the covering of the church. As we take that step to say, yes, Lord, I believe in the vision that you've given us as a body. I want to be a part of that vision. I want to flow in that vision. I want to see things accomplished in that vision. I want you to anoint me to be an influencer, to see your vision fulfilled in this land. When you're ready to do that, there are so many blessings that come upon you. It's the covering of the church. The authority that God has given to his church that not even the gates of hell can stand against it. Help us, Lord God, to be in unity. Where we're weak, help us to be strong. Where we need you to work in our lives, we pray you would help us. Help us to prepare our hearts to be new wineskins so that we can receive the new wine. While we're bowed in this attitude of prayer, God has spoken to you tonight. You just want to say, please, Lord God, pray for me that the grace of God would be my covering. The grace of God that he has placed upon this church the grace of God that will cause my city to become God's city a grace that is, with, that is upon us as we are of one heart and one mind that blessing that came on the church at the day of Pentecost would be on, the, on us today that same blessing if you need prayer and you say Lord I want a new wineskin I want my heart to be receptive to what you are doing if I can pray God's grace upon you you just show me very simply just raise your hand so I want to pray for you hallelujah Praise you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the grace of God. Be your covering, Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, grace of God be your covering.
Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, the grace of God. Praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, the grace of God. Anyone else? You just raise your hand and I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Anyone else? Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We pray that we would understand your word so that we'd be, we're released in power to change things, to bring transformation to this land. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.